It's mostly cloudy and 11 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police are on the hunt for a man they are describing as suspicious. Investigators say they were contacted by a woman on September 11th about a man continuously climbing onto the balcony of her home in the 1500 block of 26th Avenue Southwest. They say in some instances he left behind several items. It's believed this suspicious behavior began sometime in August and has happened on at least five different occasions. Officers collected evidence from the scene, including CCTV images, and are now looking for the public's help to identify the unknown man. He's described as six feet tall, approximately 160 pounds, and has longer brown hair. Harvest season is underway in Alberta. More on that in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I'm looking out my window in the southeast at Pagan Trail at 52nd Street. Your eastbound to southbound ramp is going to be narrow, and this is going to be going on until early October. Just keep an eye out for speed reductions. It is going to be 50 in this area. The Love You by Shoppers Drug Mart program is committed to advancing women's health. Visit shoppersdrugmart.ca slash loveyou to learn more. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. 78% of major crops in Alberta are now in the bin, according to the latest Government of Alberta's crop report. And that's despite some delays caused by cool, wet weather this week. Expected dry land yields in the province are significantly below normal at 63% of the 10-year index. But the quality is very good, even though we had a difficult growing season. 90% of spring wheat and 96% of Durham is in the top two grades. There's going to be a community open house this evening in Dubber, Nova Scotia. So the Commission of Inquiry investigating the April 2020 mass killing can informally share information with local residents. This is the first of four planned community open houses in advance of public hearings beginning next month in Halifax. Officials plan to share background information about the commission investigating the death of 22 people, the inquiry process, and the format. Now that the two Michaels are home, one Queen's University professor says the past three years of Canada-China relations proved one thing. Dr. Christian Luprecht says China's hostage diplomacy is not a good strategy. This diplomacy did not achieve anything in the end, Uh, that in the end, uh, the justice system in Canada, uh, independent um, and objective as it is, uh, took its course. um, And I think ultimately justice was done in this case. He says there are other countries with prisoners like the two Michaels, and they're from countries like Australia, Japan and India. German voters are choosing a new parliament today in an election that will determine who succeeds Chancellor Angela Merkel. Reporter Lama Hassan has details. The race is on in Germany to choose who will lead Europe's most powerful economy and succeed Angela Merkel. Merkel has been in power for 16 years. The parliamentary election polls are tied between Merkel's centre-right union bloc and the centre-left Democrats. Recent surveys show the Social Democrats are marginally ahead. They also show the environmentalist Greens are in third place, several points behind. About 60.4 million people in the nation of 83 million are eligible to elect the new parliament. Taking a look at sports, only a total collapse by the United States Ryder Cup team today will prevent it from coming away with the trophy. The U.S. closed out Saturday's four-ball matches with an 11-5 lead over Europe, its biggest two-day advantage since 1975. 
Global News Sky Tracker weather, it's going to be cloudy most of today, but will clear up later this evening. We'll reach a high of 22, clear overnight, low of 12, and mainly sunny tomorrow with a high of 21. It's 11 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. Here we are on September the 26th. And it's uh, 9 a.m. and it's gorgeous out there. It's already like, I think, 15 degrees or warmer. So beautiful day to get out and enjoy some gardening or do whatever you need to do. Do a little, uh, maybe do some, uh, cut a few flowers if there's still a few things. Look for those dead, damage or disease branches before we go into winter. It's good to clean those up. Or if you've done some pruning early on and you've maybe left a few stumps or a few longer branches you didn't trim them up right to right to the collar and that I mean, it's a good time to go out and take a look at your trees and shrubs and just uh, give them a little bit of an evaluation if it looks a little bit too much give uh, give a good certified arborist a shout i know mark is uh got the crew going pretty busy which is good and uh so lots of lots of people out there looking to get their trees tidied up so um be it, by all means, give the boys that pruned up a shout, and they'd be happy to come out and look at them. What a fabulous sunrise this morning! We're and we're getting those the last few days, and it's unbelievable how nice it is. And just with the warm air, and it's nice that we're getting a, an autumn, which we haven't had the, the freezing minus ten yet, where all the leaves. On our trees, this go brown and crusty. So this is really actually quite nice. We get to enjoy and the colors we're getting. Again, take a drive just around the city. If Even if you just do around the perimeter, like down McLeod Trail or Stony Trail on Deerfoot, hit a few of the different places, see some of the hills. And again, one of my favorite ones is when you just sort of go, when you're going by Seton, Auburn Bay, and then you go down and towards that hill that just on the backdrop of uh, the Heritage Point Golf Course Hill, it's just gorgeous on that valley in the river just past the city of Calgary Tree Farm. That whole hill is beautiful at this time of year. So get out and enjoy some of that. And I imagine all the larch trees would be going. I haven't seen much on that yet. seen a little bit on some of the social media, but uh, I'm sure that is looking spectacular out there as well. So, if you'd like to call me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Uh, Jen won't be calling us today. She's out riding a motorbike this morning, so um, she's learning how to do that. She's taking some course, so good on her. She's going to be out having some fun, doing a little dirt biking, which is uh, always a fun thing to do. It's just fun getting outside. And uh, I was up in the Camrose area. For a few days, this uh, in around that uh, Bitten Lake area, outside enjoying the weather. It was beautiful out there. So, um, like I said, get out, enjoy, go for a bike ride, go for a walk, enjoy those colors because uh, they'll be gone <laughs> before you know it. And I still getting lots of calls, and I'll just cover this quick. If you are wondering your spruce trees or your pine trees, they're going yellow on the middle. That's a pretty normal thing. Um, they go through a shedding process and trees do it at different times of the year. But a lot of times it comes in in the fall, like just like the regular deciduous trees where they'll drop a bunch of needles. 
And uh, so what best thing you can do is just, just give them a hose down, knock a bunch of the dust off, hose out some of those needles, give the tree a good watering, good slow, deep watering, the best thing you can do. And uh, if you want to give it some fertilizer at this time, it's fine to do that. Trees are, are, are all downloading right now, so they won't be taking anything up, but the nutrients will be there for next spring. So super important to start watering at this time. When we get close to the end of September, going into October, you definitely want to do um, your fall watering on your on your trees and shrubs and your perennials. And I'm more of a um, procrastinator on the gardener in, in the fall. I like to clean up any dead damage or disease like I was talking about, but I really like to leave a lot of my perennials and definitely the Carl Foresters, things like that, because they just give you that beautiful fall and winter um little bit of features in your yard that look good over that time if you cut everything right down plus it's mother nature's way of giving them some protection so which is important um all depending if we get this and we're heading into it looks like it could be another dry fall um right through who knows and uh, so right now you want to ensure that we're getting some moisture in there because this one they're setting bud getting ready for next year. So the more we do a little bit at this time of year is going to give us that beautiful show of foliage and everything else that we look forward to once spring does hit and the trees can push out, especially our fruit trees and, and a lot of that because they're doing so much right there, pushing flowers or pushing leaves, getting ready to, to get all that fruit going. So they need lots of energy and and food to get going to be able to form that and give you all that uh, great food production that we we hope to get out of it. So again, this is a it's a great time to just get out and uh, and also look in your garden. I'm looking out at mine and I definitely missing some color on parts of it. So I, I want to fill in a few spots and just. Uh, I'm going to add some clumps of a few different perennials. I like to plant and I like to plant in groups of five. Um, pick a little area, hit five of something, five of something else, just to give myself a little bit of pop. And the willow trees have grown so big that I need to do some shade stuff. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. I'm going to do a little bit of a shade garden underneath the willows. Uh, I think I'm going to do some of those Annabelle hydrangeas, a couple of galerias, and some hostas just to create like a little shade garden underneath and uh, so I look forward to seeing how that goes and and uh, shade gardening is when you're used to right plants can be some of the nicest gardening because they almost seem to glow a bit for you so don't be afraid of the shade and if you're looking for shade just make sure you talk to if you're not too sure ask when you go to the garden center and uh, our people down there definitely at spruce and the other independent garden centers will definitely be able to help you out with that and steer you in the right direction. And we still have a really good selection of fruit trees. So if you're looking for them and they are on sale right, right now as well, 25% off all the, all the potted trees and the, and the shrubs are the buy more, save more up to 50%. So right now, if you're looking to save it, I'm amazed, like we said, when I was gone for a couple, three days and you come back, I was surprised to see how much has gone out and the tree lot is getting, a little bit emptier, but there is pretty good selection as well. And uh, I might get some more in. I'll just sort of see what the weather forecast is after this weekend. And uh, I still might bring in a few things, but it's uh, typically at this time of year, 
most garden centers were looking just to clear everything out. But if you are looking for fruit trees, and right now is a great time. I probably got asked four times yesterday, is it still okay to plant? It's actually a great time to plant. When back in uh, whatever, 30, 40 years ago, they, they totally recommended planting more in the fall. I think maybe just because everybody's so busy all summer, you finally have some time to do it. But it is a great time. The ground's nice and warm. All the trees are on the download, so you're not going to get that stressed out. And if you're planting in mid-August when we're plus 30, so planting right now is a great time. So if you go out and look at your yard, and even just snap a picture with your phone, pick an empty spot um, and that you want to add something to, and then just take that with you to a garden center and just see um, they'll be able to help you fill in some of those spots. We And for privacy, we get lots of that. And we have a lot of the columnar type crab apples, um, but they're ornamental crabs, so very small, tiny fruit, So, which is really nice. And leave them on, the birds just eat them for the most part, so you don't have to worry about it. So they're not going to make a big mess. And again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255, or out of town, 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll do some texts, hopefully some phone calls, and uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's only year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to read a quick text here. How do you dry out seeds? I was given some poppy pods recently. In the past, I've tried nasturtiums, but they always go moldy. I've never had much luck. The best way to do it, I find, is is really is a bit of patience. You open them up, get them out of the pods, and then just leaving them open and let them dry out, like let them get dry for a few days. And then when you store them, putting them in that in a cool, dark, dry place, um, sealed up, uh, and not necessarily plastic bags are, sometimes you get the condensation if the seeds aren't dry enough, and then you'll get the mold. Um, but those will work. But you're better if you can get some sort of seal bags or the little um, uh, even Tupperware or something like that or those little glass um, containers that seal up um, airtight. But just keeping them cool and dry. So it, it's usually fairly easy that way. But the thing is just being patient, letting them sit for a few days, let them dry out, and and then making sure just tidy them up, clean them up, give them a quick little rub. You can also do a little bit of a shake and bake thing. Depends on the size of the seeds. Um, you could also mix in a little bit of the of a fungicide in there, a little bit of Bordeaux or something like that. But for the most part, you don't have to. If you let them dry and then just store them in that cool, dry, dark place, and uh, you should be fine for most for for the most part with your seed collections that way. So let's go. I got a full board. I'm going to go to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning, Merle. Uh, yesterday, I um, transplanted or repotted, I should say, my succulents, and uh, the soil I, uh, I uh, uh, whatever uh, transplanted out of into the, uh, the new soil, it was like sand, and um, it's in fresh, um, fresh soil. I bought the yep. bag last week. Now. 
I'm just wondering, should I water, uh, I haven't watered them yet, and I'm just wondering, should I uh, uh, put a uh, shot of uh, Rage Plus into the water? And then I would water them all first. Um, yeah. Just get the, I would soak the soil all the way through, let it come out the bottom if there is drainage. Yeah. And then I would give it a shot of Rage Plus after that. Okay. I, I like to water, whenever I transplant, I like to water, give everything a really good thorough watering for the first time. Yeah. Just to get everything in, wash down any holes or whatever, then it sinks and does its thing, and then and then give it a shot of Rage Plus, and then and if the soil is already wet, it, most of that will stay in there, yeah. and then you can, you, don't, you don't need to fill it right up when you water with Rage Plus. You can just you can put in whatever you need to put, like two or three hundred milliliters or something, and and that'll give it lots depending on the size of the pot. But that's how I would do it. Oh, okay, no problem. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks, Gord. Good luck okay. with that. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Uh, we want to know, we've got a Virginia creeper that's uh, on a vine at the end of our um, uh, raised garden. And yep. we want to know if we can use those leaves, chop them up and put them in the garden. Absolutely. Okay, and what yep. about poplar leaves? Um, some people say you shouldn't. <clears throat> if you use them in your compost, they would be fine. Like, but I don't know if I put them. I are you mixing them in just into like a veggie garden or whatever? Or, yeah. um, I've seen people use it. Some people say the poplars cause that because they take a little bit longer and they they have a bit of a. Um, ill effect sometimes from what I hear on that. I, I can look a bit more into that and sort of see what people are saying nowadays. But yeah. a while ago, people weren't liking to use poplars in their compost. Yeah, um, but I've heard lots of people. Well. Yeah. So, okay, but I have heard they're what fine. About, uh, annual flowers in a flower pot? Can those Absolutely. be in there? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and I think once it, I think more so. Um, so maybe the poplar leaves do them more in a, in more of a, its own compost pile and create some compost. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't worry too, too much about it. Um, I'm just uh, doing a little bit of a quick, quick read on it and see. Um, and actually, see, like, see, most places I do look, they say poplar leaves are fine. So yeah. I just, I think maybe somebody did one time and had ill effects, so it could have been who knows what else was in there yeah. and caused issue. But for the most part, every time I've read it um, and I look in and do a re- little bit of research, it always seems to say that they're fine. So I wouldn't okay. worry about it. Yeah, and All this right. says the yeah the best leaves for composting are those lower in lignogen and higher in calcium and nitrogen. So that would include those big poplar leaves and stuff like that. So uh, I, I, I would say you're going to be totally fine if you're looking to do that. Okay, thank you very much. All right. Yeah, Have bye-bye. a good one. Bye-bye. Yeah, actually, yeah, just looking through here um, and pulling the nutrients, some of the best ones are maple, alder, oak, birch, poplar, ornamental cherry, chestnut, which a lot of those we don't have here, but we do have a few of the maples and oaks, um, a, a little bit of them anyways. Let's go to Bonnie. Good morning, Bonnie. You there? <clears throat> Hi, Bonnie. 
Oh, good morning. <laughs> Sorry. How, yeah, no worries. How can I help you? Oh, great. Um, yeah, I just need some advice on two shrubs, pruning them, uh, the double flowering plum and a variegated dogwood. Uh, Timing-wise, is fall the time to do it? or I'm No, actually, the, the as soon as they're done blooming. So if you, if you prune your double flowering plum right now, chances are you won't get any blooms um, yeah. on it. In the spring, since they come up nice and early and bloom, unless you have dead, damage, or disease branching, you can take all that out now. But if you're looking to shape it or actually taking over the place, that's (laughs) yeah. So I would soon as it's done blooming in the spring because it's one of the first ones that blooms. It blooms really early. I didn't get much last year because I think I might have pruned in the fall and yeah. So that's probably why. So leave it this year. Okay. What I would do is then then let it do its thing, and yep. then as soon as it's done blooming, just trim it up at that point and shape it or do what you need to do. Yeah, just to control it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and don't take too much, I guess. Just uh, Well, it, 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 the, most of them are, are budding on the top, so you're going to mm-hmm. lose some blooms. But if you do it right after, you should be okay because it can still set bud on everything else. Oh, okay. Um, but they they recover quite quickly. I've even had a couple where I I have done the rejuvenation where I take them right down to the ground, yeah. and then they grow back up from the bottom. But then you definitely lose the blooms that season oh, because okay. sometimes they get. And the more you try to shape it or contain it, you do get a bit more deadwood in there eventually because you're you're constantly trying to keep it to a certain height. Oh, okay, um, yeah. If that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, yeah, but other than that, they will they they respond quite w- well. And like I said, I, I would let them bloom. If you're looking for blooms, if you're not too worried about the blooms, then you could oh, no. you could it's trim the them at this time as well. <laughs> yeah, that's the only nice thing, really. Like they're not they're they're a nice looking shrub, but yeah, really but we have them for the blooms for, for the sure. Blooms. No, absolutely, it's spring. Um, and the variegated dogwood it was really quite. Uh, it, it's the the center is. Like, there's nothing coming much from the center. It all came out from the side this year. Like, yeah, so you had some winter die back. And dogwoods tend to do that once in a while. Yeah. So you can, if it looks like it's sort of split, it like sort of like a V, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would almost, like, I'd leave it till early spring, leave it right now for the winter. Okay. But just make a note in your calendar, sort of like in March. Sure. Go out there and just cut it right down to the ground. Okay. And then it'll it'll come up and it's just called rejuvenation and you'll get a whole bunch of nice new growth and but I'd leave it right now so let the all the all the energy download into the root of and course. then also protect it for the winter time but then okay. next spring before it starts leafing out like early March go yeah. out cut it cut it right down to the ground and then you'll get a whole bunch of new growth. Yeah, it'll rejuvenate. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I Alrighty. thought that might be it but <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, that's all. With you, you know a lot. And awesome. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I need to take a break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. It's cloudy and 11 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police are issuing a warning to the public after receiving four reports of attempted child child abduction and luring in the city. 
Police are investigating and do not believe the incidents are connected. CPS is also asking for the public's help to identify a man connected with trespassing in Bankview. Officers collected CCTV images at the scene and are now looking for the public's help to identify the unknown man. He's described as 6 feet tall, 160 pounds, and has longer brown hair. Experts on sexual misconduct in the military want to see Prime Minister Justin Trudeau name a new Minister of Defense. With several senior male commanders accused of sexual misconduct, they believe Harjit Sajjan has lost credibility addressing the issue. Cloudy today, high of 22, clear in 12 overnight, and sunny in 21 tomorrow. It's 11 degrees. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And phone lines are wide open. If you want to give me a shout, 403-974-8255 for any of your gardening questions. But right now, I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning down there. How are you making out there, John? Well, I have been blessed with uh, lots of help in my garden. I removed, uh, or my son and uh, daughter-in-law have removed the uh, top, about a half a foot of dirt. And I'm just wondering, I'm uh, putting uh, the uh, yellow bag uh, garden mix in this fall rather than in the spring. Is that wise? Or? Absolutely. No, it's a great time to do that. Um, you can do the garden mix. Um, now is a great time to mend your soil and and fill up the pots. The, then it's there first thing in the spring. You can get going on it. And uh, absolutely, no, now is a great time. I love amending my soil at this time, even turning it over and then adding sea soil or, or some of the compost into the garden. Um, I know we have uh, our garden mix in our bins as well. It works really well. And uh, so it's now's a great time, absolutely, to to amend your soil. I like my, it because then it works like question. a mulch. Oh, my Sorry, question go ahead. on that: they do have the garden, and they also have the veggie uh, mix. So it depends if you're growing if you're growing veggies, um, then I would go with the veggie mix. If it's just your regular flower, the garden mix is great. Well, now I have the rooted plants, the beets, carrots, uh, and radishes. I guess. Uh, but I was thinking of doing the garden for like the the garden mix, and then doing what you're suggesting is adding maybe uh, uh, the moss or your uh, other yeah. coconut. Yeah, the sea soils or something like that. Yeah, in the yeah, area absolutely is, is going to have the rooted vegetables because the other ones are potatoes and. Uh, yeah, just watch you don't get too much compost where you're going to have your rooted stuff. Um, you get too much nitrogen in there, and then it's really pushing them up, and you get a lot of top and no bottom. So on those ones, too, you can even mix in a bag of our greened up lawn fertilizer just into the garden, into your soil, where you're doing your root, because then you're going to high middle number. So you just, just sprinkle it on top, and then just mix it into the soil. Then it just slowly will release that nutrients into the soil throughout the thing. I got bags of that. Yeah, okay. But yeah, now you can mix that right in. Serious. But you still need the, like the, you still need the soil component because you need that, 
the organic matter and stuff like that for it to grow in. So, okay, you're not giving away any bag kit, are you? No, they oh. usually do that in the fall, or I mean, in the spring time, yeah. John. Well, actually, I'll have to buy. I'll have to pass on that then. So I'll get my bag this uh, coming week because I yep. have my help, and they'll uh, do all that for me. Yeah. If you and if you need more than one, you can order that uh, as well. And I know uh, we got quite a few loads going out of our garden mix as well. So oh, feel okay. free to give us a shout. And I found out my my potatoes are got the scale on them. Okay, In, what happened? Inconsistent watering. Yeah, no, we had a bit of that this year with it being so warm, right? Uh huh. So. And also sometimes if there's too much compost in the soil, they're kind of one that just, they don't like a ton of that, too much organic matter in there. They I like just the, Yeah, I don't uh, overdo that. Now, what and about do you rotate cooking? your potatoes? Pardon? Do you rotate your potatoes? Uh, well, this uh, is the crop? For my first year for my garden box. So oh, okay. I'll do, I'll do another yeah. year and then, because uh, I'm going to be putting new dirt in that box. Okay, yeah, you'll be fine. Uh, yeah. You're not, you're not putting, you're not putting dirt in there. You're putting soil, John. Sorry. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, we other, sweep the dirt off the floor, and we <laughs> and we grow in our soil. <laughs> yeah. Now the uh, you're you're always talking about tomatoes, and they need is it calcium? Yeah. Well, it depends on the bigger ones. Yes. So if you're growing like the beef steaks and things like that. Um, they can get that blossom end rot, and typically it's from um, a lack of of calcium in the soil. Because I got eight plants from you, and uh, they they were fabulous. But the beefsteak, you're right; they did have that bottom rot. On, yeah. Uh, so if you're using the fertilizer, most of our good quality um, tomato food that we have in stock have the calcium in it. But we also have the calcium supplement if you're growing. I, if you're growing lots of big tomatoes, it's worth the extra little bit just to give them that shot of the calcium to help prevent that. So, hey, Thank you for that. Okay. So Alrighty. that's it. I'm recovering pretty good. Awesome. Good to hear, to John. You you're sound good, so it's good. Thank you, Merle. All right. Thanks, take care. Sir. Yep. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. My Hi there, how can I help you? Well, it, it's a bit of a repeat, but I probably missed it. Yellow, yellowing on the spruce, pardon me, on the spruce trees, but it's on the ends. It's not in the center, as you so often well, mentioned. Yeah, yeah. No, typically on the ends, is it the, like the whole tree or just a, one little spot? Or no, it's here and there, and and on all of them. I've got quite a really? few property. Yeah, because it, it does come out, it can come out to about three-quarters of the way out sometimes. <laughs> is it right on the tips, or does it just... Right on, most of it is right on the tips. Really? Huh. I'm a, I'm a little... Are you able to send me in a picture of it at all, or...? Mm, yes, yes, I can. If, if you could text a picture into the same phone number you just phoned, um, yeah. I'll be able to see it on the text line, and then I should be able to help you out. Because um, it's typically, I don't see a lot of it on the outside like that, um, especially at this time of year. And so I just like to have a quick look at it, and then I'll be able to diagnose it probably a little bit more accurately. All right. Thank you. Already? I will. Okay. Send Thanks. that in to me, Margaret, and I'll have a look. All right. Thank you. Th thank you so much. 
All right. And I got uh, one more quick text here, and then I'll take a break. Good morning. I'm having your crew out to remove a 30-foot elm at the front of my house and grind out the stump. The windstorms have been very unkind to it. Where the stump is is the perfect location for the next tree. Will, will there be an issue planting the next tree next to the stump? Um, I will use a stump remover. Yes, um, especially on a big 30-foot tree, there's going to be a lot of roots there. I would um, inquire about having the full root removal or or if you have somebody, um, I would recommend sort of digging out like a 10 by 10 area with a, with a machine or a bobcat and, and replenishing the soil because there's going to be a lot of big roots in there and just grinding it takes it down sort of 8, 10 inches, but it doesn't make it able to plant right in that same spot. So I would definitely recommend um, ask for a full... Um, you can ask Mark to to give you a quote on the full stump removal, and then we can add some soil and stuff in there after as well, if that would help. But yeah, unfortunately, when you do remove those big trees, there is a lot of growth in there. And if you'd like to join me after the break, uh, you give me a shout, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And I got a good question here. How do I add soil amendments to a garden with two to four inches of bark mulch? And that's a good question. It's, it is like if you're looking to replenish your soil, adding organic matter, it's kind of tough to do that typically you wouldn't do that so typically you're going to add nutrients either through a granular fertilizer like our green up lawn fertilizer you can just sprinkle that on top of the bark mulch and rake it in and then as you water that it'll dissolve and, and get in there and feed everything sort of slowly throughout the season or you water with uh, a water can of some sort with a fertilizer in it and water each each plants individually and uh, or if you if you want to amend the soil, pull all the mulch off, um, rake it into a into an area, add amendments in one area, work it in, and then cover it back up. But typically, once you have the mulch in there, you you aren't worried too much about the organic matter, um, unless you're growing annuals or something in there. But for your trees and shrubs, they're kind of sealed underneath that bark mulch. And, and it's sort of creating organic matter as it decays, and you can just keep adding more mulch. But it's definitely beneficial to fill up uh, a water can or a buckets of your fertilizer, water all your individual. Like right now, if you want to hit everything um, with a 15-30-15 would be great, or a 20-20-20 for a lot of your trees and shrubs. Or I know Mark has got, we're out there doing our tree fertilizing for our fall application. We do the, the deep, deep root injecting when we have the, the probe and we go along the drip line of the tree and inject the fertilizer into the ground for it to have it um, ready to go and, and get it to sleep for the winter and lots of nutrients for the spring when it goes up. So there's a few other applications that you can do that way. But right now I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with... Bernice. Good, or, good morning, Bernice. Good morning, Merle. Uh, How can I help you? I'm having trouble with my 
lemon tree. It was out on the deck all summer. Yep. And did really well. Uh, I brought it in about two weeks ago, and it is dropping leaves. Okay. And that will sometimes happen if it's become, if it's quite dry in the house as well. Okay. And it, and just ensure, because typically we'll water them more often when they're outside because they're right in the full sun. They dry out a little bit more. So just ensure that it's getting the same amount of water inside. I let it dry out in between watering, okay. um, but still make sure it gets water. But lemons will do that. They kind of go through a, a, a transition where they'll shed their foliage, sort of like our our fall, like our autumn, like they'll defoliate some of their old leaves and then re-leaf out. Mine did it when it was outside, and it's fully leafed out again. I'm just starting to get new yeah, blooms. Mine so. about, uh, excuse me for budding, Ken. Um, mine, mine has about 13, 14 lemons on, about yeah. the size of my thumb. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, and, and which will still be fine. They should stay on there, hopefully. Um, so just make sure you have it in a good sunny spot. Continue to water. Like I said, just let it dry out in between waterings a bit. And then also you could feed it the 15, 30, 15. Just well, ensure I, that. I bought that another garden center. <clears throat> excuse me, another garden center. Uh, my daughter and I were shopping, and it's a citrus uh, fertilizer, seventeen seven seventeen. Seventeen seven. Okay, that's similar to our thirty ten ten. Yeah, that's the other evergreen one I recommend as okay. well. Okay. Yep. And no, that how, one's fine. How often would you fertilize it? I would fertilize it once a month. So once a month, that's all. Yep, especially in the winter, because um, it's not growing a ton. Um, oh, when is, it when it, it starts. Is it- Supposed to have lemons at this time of the year? Is that when? They- yeah, no. A lot of times because they've seeded and they've uh, pollinated over the summer, so now they're growing. I don't. I don't have any. Last year I had similar to what you're saying about twelve, thirteen lemons on mine. This year I don't have any. So really? um, mine shedded at a different cycle <laughs> this year. So I. So I, I'm. Uh, I have nothing on mine right now. Just lots of green leaves. It's just starting to bloom again. So. Okay, well, um, I know it's got some blooms on it also. So Yeah, so that's good. So it's just going through a bit of a defoliation. It'll send out a bunch of new leaves. Once it just gets climatized, it's just a change of of Bring climate. In, like eh? it went from, yeah, and sometimes that'll trigger it to do that. So now it's in a um, pot about 14 wide and I guess maybe about 14, 16 inches high. That's probably lots. And it's how big is the tree? Oh, it's not, I would say, not quite two feet. Yeah. No, you're fine. You got lots of uh, and there, lots there's of soil lots there. Of, like roots on the top. Hmm. Yeah, it, I don't think it's root bound. That's a big pot for that size plant. So okay. I would think, so just continue to make sure you water thoroughly. Make sure you're watering all the way through to the bottom. I have a if lot of can. gravel, real fine gravel in the bottom of the pot, and then it's sitting in a saucer. Yep, so that's perfect. So water it till the water comes out the bottom. Yeah. You see it going out into the saucer, and then you're good. And okay, then give it well, a bit of fertilizer after that. Yeah, I hate to lose it my first time. I babied it all last winter. Set on the, no, you won't lose it. It's just going through cycles. In the winter, one, and then I put it outside, and it's in my patio door. It's a big only spot that I really have gets light, real good light. Yeah, all day. I find it in Calgary. It's 
it's they're not the most attractive plant. Like they look great when they're full leaves and lemons, but they go through cycles where they have their not so good looking phases yeah. that they go through. <laughs> well, so I'll just keep trying it. Absolutely, I'm, I'm 91, and it gives me something to look forward to. <laughs> well, I'm 54, and I look forward to it as well. So we're yeah. on the All same right. page. All right, thank you very much, Merle. All right, take I'm care. Thanks, sure Bernice. We- thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Bob. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Merle. Hey, how can I help you? So, Merle, I've got some of your Green It Up lawn fertilizer. It works great. Now, I was wondering, this time of year, is it a good time to put it on? Yeah, we have the fall application. So, So on the directions on the front of the bag, we have our spring application where you go full rate. Um, Summer application, you cut it by a third. And then the winter application, you cut it by another third. So, right now is the lightest application rate. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's just it's just yeah, just adding some nutrients in there, putting it to bed, okay. um, let it build up some nutrients for the spring and then over the winter and then next spring you hit it with the full dose again and then you're off to the races with a beautiful okay. green lawn. So and do you have to water it in? No, you don't. Okay. Um it'll be fine. Um it, the only time I water it in is if I get um if I happen to dump too much in one area, if I can't rake it all up, I'll uh-huh. get the hose out right away all and right. just sort of hose it around or some of it's into the soil um, right. or into the grass. But, yeah, you, you can water it in, but you don't have to. It, I've done it lots of times where I just spread it out, wait for the rain or mm-hmm. for my next irrigation cycle or whichever like you like. But Perfect. you definitely can if you'd like to, but you, right. you don't have to. Great. Thanks a lot for that, Merle. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling, Great Bob. Great show, Take care. too. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Uh, we have a stand of hollyhocks that have done very well, but the last three years we've noticed round kind of rust spots on the leaves, and uh, we don't know what we're doing wrong. Never happened before, but has recently. Yeah, you're getting some scale on it. Yeah. And they're fairly susceptible to, like, powdery mildew as, and stuff because they kind of have the furry foliage. Mm-hmm. Like, they mm-hmm. kind of – so that, that traps little droplets and and uh, when it rains and some. So you do you will get the powdery mildew. You will get some of that. But the scale, it sounds like you have – so the best product for that um, is pure spray green. So and it'll work as an insecticide for the scale, and it'll also work as a fungicide for any of the powdery mildew that you might be getting. Yes. Okay. So I would just start treating it. So this fall, when they die back, just do a really good cleanup of those and and get them out of the garden because um, uh-huh. they're they'll be contaminated with the with the scale and the and any powdery mildew or whatnot. So just do a really good cleanup, and then when they start coming up. When you just get when they, when they just start getting ready to set bud and they're growing, give them a shot sort of once a week with the pure spray green. Just give them a quick little spray, and then that'll keep all that stuff at bay. And then you should be fine throughout the summer. Oh. Maybe go three or four cycles, 
and uh, and try to make sure that your water's not hitting the when if you water with irrigation or whatever. Try to keep it off of the foliage as best you can. Okay, water the root area. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now, one other thing, we've always uh, cut them down and just laid them out in place for the ladybugs, but uh, that's wrong. Is that we should? Well, get rid it, of them it typically is fine. It's just right now you got um, you're contaminated with some scale and other things. So you want to get that out of the garden. Okay. Okay. So, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, you're very welcome. And uh, I love the. You don't see a lot of hollyhocks anymore, so I, I, I love when you get to see those gladiolas, hollyhocks. They are some absolutely of those. magnificent when they when they're in glory because we've got them behind the garage in the lane, and it's probably uh, twelve foot um, length by four foot, and they grow to the top of the roof. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah, it is a wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for sharing, Mary. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a break for the news. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and 11 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police are issuing a warning to the public regarding a series of suspicious events involving children. Police say since Wednesday, there have been four reports of possible abductions or child luring attempts in the communities of Windsor Park, Wildwood, Forest Lawn, and Copperfield. In each reported case, the victim was alone when approached by a suspect. In relation to the incident in Wildwood, two suspects have been identified by the police. But investigators say there doesn't appear to be any similarities in suspect descriptions and they don't believe the reports are connected. Officers are continuing their search for surveillance video from each area and have also increased patrols. Anyone with information is asked to contact police or Crime Stoppers. CPS is also asking for the, public, for the public's help as they investigate suspicious trespassing incidents. Officials are looking to identify a man who has been trespassing on private property multiple times since August. On September 11th, police received a report from a woman claiming an unknown man had been continuously climbing onto her balcony located in the 1500 block of 26th Avenue Southwest. And in some instance, air instances had left several items behind. It's believed that the suspicious behavior has occurred at least five different times. The man is described as Caucasian, six feet tall, approximately 160 pounds, with longer brown hair. As Albertans grapple with the fourth wave of COVID-19, the rise in cases is starting to impact students. This week, three additional Calgary Board of Education schools were added to the school board's online list of outbreaks. Schools are added to the list when more than 10% of the school's population is absent, or if there's a higher than expected rate of illness. Wing Lee is the director of communications for the advocacy group Support Our Students and says COVID-19 is going unchecked in schools. So without having any data that's collected systematically, all we can say anecdotally is that we're seeing tons of outbreaks uh, in schools. We are logging over 150 outbreaks right now uh, in the entire province. Lee says the group, along with experts and educators, are urging the provincial government to re-implement testing, tracing, and isolation orders in schools. The ban on non-essential land travel to the U.S. has some American companies looking for shelf space in Canada. 
Portland pet food founder Katie McCarran says exporting her products north of the border last year after both countries impo- or imposed a ban on recreational travel. I just had to pursue getting into distribution because that would make sense because then I could send pallets up full. McCarran says she remains baffled by the fact that Canadians are still prohibited from driving over the border for recreational purposes, despite the fact that flying to the U.S. has always been permitted. Now that Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor have been released from Chinese prisons and are back home, experts are weighing in on the end of a multi-year international standoff. International relations expert Professor, Professor Michael Byers says the release of the two Michaels at the same time as the U.S. reached a plea deal with Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou, could send mixed messages. It could signal Beijing's desire to return to normalcy, but he cautions it could also show a new comfort level with hostage diplomacy. Germans are voting in an election that will see who succeeds outgoing Chancellor Angela Merkel. Karen Chamas has the story. Polls point to a close race between state governor Armin Laschet from Merkel's centre-right party and vice-chancellor Olaf Scholz from the centre-left Social Democrats. Recent surveys show the Social Democrats marginally ahead. Polls put the Green Party, headed by candidate Annalena Baerbock, several points behind in third place. According to polls, no one party is expected to win with an outright majority, meaning a coalition is expected. During the months of expected haggling between the parties to form a coalition, Merkel will remain as caretaker chancellor. I'm Karen Chamas. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames kick off the 2021-2022 NHL season tonight with a preseason matchup against the visiting Edmonton Oilers. And for the first time since March 2020, fans will be able to attend the game in person. This is the first of eight preseason games for the Flames. Global News Sky Tracker weather, it's going to be cloudy for most of today, but that should clear up later this afternoon and will reach a high of 22 degrees. Clear overnight with a low of 12 and sun and 21 for tomorrow. Cloudy and 14 on Tuesday. It's 11 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update will be at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, we have a couple spots on the phone line, 403-974-8255. But right now we're going to go to Amber. Good morning, Amber. Um, I have a question about some shrubs that I had um, planted in early summer, so around July. Yeah. And um, they're mock orange dwarf shrubs. And shortly okay. um, after I had planted them, they started to lose all their leaves. Okay. And um, they've now, so they budded again and. Some of them are fully leafed out, and then some of them are still in the budding stage. And I'm concerned about winter and trying to save them, because I'm concerned that the frost will shock them. Well, it, it will shock them a bit, but they should be fine. So what happened is they probably got dried out after you planted them, because okay. they if you get them into the ground, and if you don't do that slow, deep watering, um, especially this summer, it was really quite dry. Yeah. So... So you so then you did get the water into them after they dried out they refoliated which is normal. Um, I would discontinue. Make sure you give it a couple, at least twice a week, a good deep watering your shrubs, 
And they're going to go through winter here. They'll get readjusted to their time frame. They're just trying to catch back up, create some foliage, create the buds. So they're just doing everything. Now you might just want to give them a shot of Rage Plus right now at this time of year. Okay. And it just re-helps establish a lot of the tissue or anything that was maybe got dried out inside the inside the bark, inside okay. the branches as well. And uh, yeah, just just give them a good shot of water, like I said, twice a week, if, if that's the least you could do. And okay. they should be totally fine. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you. Okay. No, but that, so just remember next time when you do water or when you do plant, um, just that slow, deep trickle, put the hose on there for a couple hours. Just so, it, just so it's just dripping out of the hose, but then it just soaks down nice and slow and deep. And you need to do that a couple times a week for the first few weeks just to get them rooted in and, and established. Okay. Okay. Awesome. That sounds good. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Amber. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, we get that a lot, and especially this time of year, or I mean in the summertime when you when you are planting. So right now is a great time to plant as well. Obviously, you're going to save some money as things are on sale, but also that we don't have the heat of the day and the trees are all downloading right now. So they're going to get into the ground. The ground's nice and warm, <coughs> which is really good for the roots. So it's able to establish some roots. But this, you still got to make sure you water right up until freeze up. Um, really important, especially with newly planted shrubs or trees that you've done throughout the season. And if you do any planting this fall, ensure that you do that watering. And I, I love using bark mulch on this as well on any of my trees and shrubs. This really makes a big difference. Holds the moisture in, and it's able to sustain it a lot better going through some of that hot, dry weather. And I got a, a picture of a tree from uh, Wendy, and it looks like it just it's in the middle of the lawn, Wendy. So what I would do, this is one that just dropped all of its leaves. I just think it just got dry. I'm trying to see what it is. It looks like a type of ash and they will lose their leaves like that. Um, I would do a little tree well around that tree in the grass and uh, put a little bit of bark mulch, make a nice little circle, a little two foot circle around that great looking tree. Cause it's a nice looking tree. And I, like I said, in the picture, I can't totally tell what it is, but it looks like it's a, an ash and they will do that. So it looks totally normal. Just give it some good water going into fall like I said, I would cut a little tree well around it, and the, and then that will definitely help it for sure. So let me know how that goes. But right now I'm going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? I'm doing great. Great. How can I help you today, my friend? Well, I'm going to make you make your big bucks here today. i got four questions for you, but they should all be the same, I think. <laughs> <laughs> When you guys uh, came out and did all the stump grinding when I dropped all those poplars out here? Yeah. Remember I said I was getting all the suckers all the way into the yep. paddock? Is this yep. a good time to cut those guys, or should I wait till it gets colder? No, right now you can I go and cut those. because of the amount of animals I got, right? So. Yeah. So, yeah, so any time to dig those out, Brian, to be honest, it, it's great. Like, get in, if you want to do it right now, is a great time to do that. Okay, and that would lead into my next one. So on the trees that you guys came out and uh, did all the pruning on, yep. I'm just getting some suckers, the same thing. Like, is it kind of any time, or do I wait till it gets colder? Like suckers in the ground or no, on, on the... No, off, uh, off, off the trunks. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, off the trunks. You can trim those off anytime. Like right now is fine. If you had some of those water spouts and they just sent out some new growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, You can trim those off right now for sure. Okay. And then my second last one is here that birch trees come back about 85%. Awesome. And that's with the Rage Plus? Yeah, uh, so should I do another treatment here? But again, get Absolutely, yeah, right now I would give it another shot um, just to get it in there. And then again, next spring, um, just hit it with the Rage Plus. And Brian brought in a picture. It had died probably 30% back at least, eh? Oh, it was almost uh, 50%. Yeah, so that's awesome. It's it's That Rage Plus with birch trees, I don't know what it is. It just it really works well. It can push life back into them, and uh, so that's good to hear. No, it's awesome. Like we've actually got some green leaves at the tops. I'm probably missing about the top fifteen percent, right? But like even okay. still, there's still a couple of green leaves. You know, in the middle of nowhere. Awesome. Well, then so. might need need to do a bit of trimming in the spring, but that's great. So keep that up with that slow deep watering on that birch, and a couple more shots of the Rage Plus next spring, and that thing should be back into shape. Perfect. Well, Vegas just uh, wrote me a note here. She wants to know if I should cut down the golden crescentias in our front flower bed. Should I cut them down? I no. I like to leave them. Like I said, I like to leave all my all my perennials and all that right now. Let it download and leave it for winter, and and then do your spring cleanup. As long as it like you can trim them back a bit if you want. If they're really long and leggy, look kind of nasty. But I love to let Mother Nature help us out and do a little bit of procrastinating gardening. Where let Mother Nature die back, cover up. Especially the winters we've been having, it's been really dry and that going into fall. So this way, it, it keeps a lot of the moisture, and then will also trap whatever moisture it does get throughout the winter. No, fabulous. Thank you. Uh, thank you again, and uh, good show as always, Marv. Thank you. All right. Thanks, bud. Take care. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. All right. Where am I at for time? I'm good to go. I'm going to take one more. We're going to go to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning. Um, I bought three 11-inch diameter tropical plants. Okay. Uh, the the Dracaena mesangiana, a snake plant, and a ficus lyrata. Okay. Uh, Reading on the um, on the instructions for 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 the ficus, it said two to three hours of indirect light per day. They call it medium light. Yes. So does indirect light mean mean daylight, but not sunlight? Um, it, it can take that. Yeah, it doesn't like pure shade, and that's the the fiddlehead fig for for everybody who doesn't know the Latin one on the liatra, and it can take it can take some bright light as well. Like, but it can take a little bit of filtered light. It just doesn't want to be stuck in a shady corner. So, if you have a nice bright room, that's great for those. They love that. Oh, um, they're okay. yeah, they're pretty versatile. Um, the only one out of those that can take a shady one is the Sensevieria, the snake plant that you talked about. Right. Um, yeah. That one can take some more shade than the other one. The Dracaena marginetta as well, it likes the full sun, like, or it can take full sun. It doesn't like shade, so it likes a nice bright room as well. Okay. So full sun, full sun, and for the snake plant... <laughs> it can take full sun as well, but it, it can it can handle shade if you if you want to put it in the shade. And w- what uh, should 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 I fertilize the plants, and if so, what would I use? 
On those ones, you can just use an all-purpose, like a 20-20-20 is perfect for those. Um, I would transplant them probably and get them into some nice soil for the winter going here. And then at that time, water them really well, give them a shot of fertilizer. But 20-20-20 is a perfect all-purpose for those. Those are they're not a flowering plant of any kind. They're just uh, creating the foliage and what you want. So you just want good, healthy, balanced fertilizer. And the 2020 is perfect for those. So I just bought them yesterday, but, but I should transplant them? Yeah, probably. If they're in that 11-inch pot, typically when, they're, when we get them in from our nurseries and that out of Florida, typically they're, they're, they, they need transplanting fairly soon after that. And I like to go into a nice clay pot of yeah. some sort or some of the glazed pottery and uh, get and go about two sizes bigger. Which So which? if it's an 11-inch, you want to go to like a 14-inch uh, or something like that, 13 to 14-inch pot. 14-inch pot. Because those are all going to be tall, like except for the sense of area, but the – like the the ficus is it's a those are a tree same yeah, with the yeah. dragon tree so this way you're going to be good for three or four years at least because then they won't get top heavy if you just go one size up they're just going to be top heavy in a year in like six eight months or a year and then you end up having to transplant again so you, on those ones I wouldn't be afraid to go like two inches bigger on that fourteen inch clay pot yep good. And uh, I'm the biggest pot dealer in town, so if you need any pots, come down and see us. <laughs> and and so with with all of these plants, do I like uh, the snake plant has to be dry? How, I, that's got to dry out, right? Yep. It de- yes. Let it. All of them should dry out. I I treat all my tropicals the same. Um, I let them dry out in between waterings, and then water thoroughly. Um, some people like to just because they say it's a, um, it's a like a cactus or a sensitive. It can withstand longer periods of drought, but I don't like to do that unless you unless you just forgot about it. Or if you're gone on holidays for a month or something, they can withstand it. But there's no sense making them suffer through that. Yeah, uh, but yeah. just they don't like to be kept wet. So with right. all my tropicals, I treat them almost the same. And um, when they're dry, I water. And and can a sensveria go a little longer? Absolutely, but I I, I just prefer not to do that. I yeah, prefer yeah. to I prefer when they're dry, I water them, and when yeah. they're wet, I don't water. So, and then whenever I fertilize, I water first, and then I fertilize right after. Fertilize right. after the watering. Yeah, because then that way you don't burn your, any of your roots. That way they're watered. You water in first, and then add your fertilizer right after mixed with water and then that way you won't burn any of your root system okay all righty great yeah and just use a good potting soil like don't use soil out of the outside on your tropicals it's too heavy so what so just use grand? a good yep yeah, use a good potting soil and uh and you're good to go great all righty so so water and after they dry out that's going to come down to maybe Roughly every week, kind of thing. Yeah, every week to two weeks, depending on when you fill those new pots with soil there and you water them thoroughly the first time. It's probably going to be two weeks after that. But yeah, once a week is going to be lots. And through the winter, you might go every two weeks, just because with the shorter daytime and the less temperature, um, so they just dry out a lot slower. 
Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. All right. And like I said, they're pretty simple. Like I said, let them dry out in between waterings, and then you're going to have all kinds of success. Great. Thanks, Perfect. Merle. Thanks. Thank you so much, Gordon. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I need to take a break. If you want to join me, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's only year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Got an awesome picture from somebody in Lethbridge. They didn't put their name. She goes, I was listening to your show and the lady with the lemon tree. We have a grapefruit tree. Where is a great place to get information on, on going to get it to bloom? Ours is approximately 15 years old with no blooms like this thing is to the ceiling it's eight feet high in this big pot um honestly on that one i would just fertilize you got it right in the window um i would let it it almost looks like it's treated too good it doesn't need to reproduce but i would give it the 15 30 15 sort of every couple weeks just to get some but god it looks so healthy it looks awesome you're doing an awesome job, but I would do that. I would hit it with a 15-30-15 or a 10-52-10, just trying to get some phosphate into that soil, see if we can get it to bloom, and then after that, I would go to a 30-10-10. But uh, please keep me posted on this one. This is a, it's a beautiful tree, and I'd love to see if we can help you get that thing to bloom. Um, so 15-30-15 or 10-52-10, high middle number, and uh, let's see if we can get that thing going for you. And uh, beautiful plant. Looks smoking nice. All right. Let's go to Christine on the phone line. Good morning, Christine. Good morning. Um, I've got a couple quick questions. I have a okay. peony and irises that I want to uh, shift around in the garden. How is the best way to do that, or how should I do it, and when? Um, uh, the best, uh, on some of those, I prefer to wait till spring. Okay. Unless you're some avid gardener and you'll ensure that you give them a little water throughout the season. Just sometimes when you pull them up at this time of year and you move them, and then if they don't get any care or water after that, they'll just dry out on you. Okay. So I prefer to do it, just sort of mark where you want them or, or where they are um, going into into the fall here. And then next spring, I would move them at that time. It is really important with your peony. It has to be at the same level. Like, don't plant it any deeper or shallower. Like, okay. keep it, like, get a good clump of it and keep it at the same level as it, it's at right now. Okay. And, and what about the irises? And, um, same. Those are a little hardier. Those you can move, you could move right now if you wanted it without too much trouble. They okay. have a fairly big tuber and they're pretty tough. <laughs> Um, so if, if you want to do it right now, it's fine. But again, um, you're not going to see nothing till next spring anyway. So if you can wait till spring, I, I, I prefer waiting till spring. Okay. All right. And what about, um, I, I missed the first part of your show. We planted a bunch of shrubs um, a few weeks ago. Um, should we be fertilizing those? 
Yeah, to help, you know, to help the root growth. fertilizer isn't as important at this time of year. Um, it's more important just to ensure that you're watering them at least sort of that once or twice a week, okay. making sure that they they have the moisture to to go into winter, right. and then that way next spring, just so you don't get any winter desiccation, especially on newly planted um, shrubs, because you just have that pot in there, and if it gets dry, so just that slow deep watering right. is perfect. If you have one of those soaker hoses or yeah. or something like that, it was and- great. And they've got a lot of mulch around them too, so yeah, perfect. That so get that mo- yeah, make sure you get the the mulch nice and wet, and that's perfect. So just do, and sometimes that takes a bit more, and people sometimes tend to not water enough when they use, especially with fresh mulch. Okay, and sure, because the mulch <clears throat> itself is going to soak up a bunch of water like a sponge, right? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, so ensure that you give it a little extra, get it really nice and wet the first time here, and uh, and then you'll be good right through winter. should be perfect. Okay. And, in and the then spring? next spring, yeah, you can hit them with uh, like a 10-52-10 or 15-30-15, something like that. Are they flowering shrubs or just uh, ex- foliage? Yes, a few of them are. Yep, so definitely use the 15-30-15 then. 15-30-15. For all your f- for flowering, okay. And then I had um, an annual this year. Um, I can't pronounce it properly, but Osteoparium perms. Um, they didn't bloom. They grew, but they didn't bloom. Hmm. That's. Um, I know the, they like a fair bit of sun. Oh, they had um, a lot of sun. Yeah. Hmm. Sometimes they can be finicky. Um, or if you had them, and sometimes from some of the nurseries, they've already gone through a blooming cycle, and then again. But usually they're they're pretty good. Like usually they'll bloom quite nicely. Yeah. So I'm not too sure. Um, maybe just we're lacking any of that same type of fertilizer that fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay. But typically with the annuals, they only go through that cycle, so it's uh, a little bit unusual that they didn't bloom for you, especially if they had the full sun. And and pro- ample watering. They, sh- I'm not too sure what happened. So oh, okay, all right. Just 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 ensure that you're watering good soil, and uh, and and fertilizing those all your and it does make a big difference um, when you fertilize your annuals because um, they could have been blooming in the nursery or in the pot that you bought them with, and if it used up everything. It could have been depleted at that point, so it's, it is really important to fertilize, and you get so many more blooms and so much more health in your plants when you're fertilizing your annuals. Again, and, and I use twenty twenty twenty. I do it twice a week, like especially if they're bigger as they get later in the season. I do it at least once a week, okay. and then and go from there. And so. just the twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, it's perfect. Okay, thank you so awesome. much, Mauro. Have a great day. You're welcome. You All too. Right, bye bye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHUR. It's cloudy and 13 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Prospective jurors in an upcoming Calgary sexual assault trial will be excused if they're not vaccinated against COVID-19. Justice N.E. Devlin has ruled that allowing unvaccinated people to serve on the jury could unfairly compromise the health of others connected to the case. The government of Alberta's latest crop report says producers now have 78% of major crops in the bin. While dryland yields in the province will, are well below the 10-year index, the quality is very good. 
A community open house is being held tonight in Dubert, Nova Scotia. So the Commission of Inquiry investigating the April 2020 mass killings can informally share information with local residents. This is the first of four planned community open houses in advance of public hearings next month. Cloudy today with a high of 22, clear and 12 overnight, sun and 21 tomorrow. It's 13 degrees. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And right now there's a couple other things I just want to mention that you should be looking at doing. <clears throat> Sorry, on a couple of your tender evergreens, if you have some cedars, the boxwoods, a few of those things like that, you want to get out the wilt proof and give them a spray right now um, just to help seal in the moisture into the into their leaves and their needles going into winter. And it's good to do it maybe even once a week or once a month, sorry, throughout the winter on those warm, if we get a Chinook coming through where it's plus five, go out and give your, your cowrie boxwood or your cedars another little spray of the of the wilt proof. It just, it's the lip balm for all your evergreens. It makes a big, big difference. This seals them up so they're able to hold the moisture in <coughs> and uh, and especially going into, into winter time and throughout the winter. It'll help protect them. But right now, I'm going to go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Merle. Hey there. How can I help you? Uh, I'm just wondering here. I've got some sweet pea pods. Okay. And how do I uh, treat them so that I can use the seeds for next year? Well, basically, what you want to do is just let them – you can pull pull them out of the pods if you want. Let them dry out. Um, before you seal them up, just let them go in the air, let them dry out for a week or so. And then again, just store them in a cool, dark place. And, uh, and then you should be good to go and, uh, just seal them up in an airtight container early spring, and then just go through the normal replanting process. And, uh, and then you should be good to get those going again for next spring. Well, Hey, cool. Easy peasy. Just that easy. Absolutely. There you go. All Good right. Luck, well, thank you very much. And hi from the high country out here by Bearberry. Awesome. Great to hear from you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Awesome. Love it up in that area. Beautiful. It's probably gorgeous right now um, up there with the fall colors and, and all that. And I got a couple. I got a text here and uh, from Linda. Um, your columnar aspens, you have bronze leaf disease. I would really get those looked at. Um, it's fairly contagious, and I don't see a lot of it, but you definitely have it. And a lot of it's caused um, if you had a little lower branch damage below on your on your big aspen there, Linda. So you can give Mark a shout um, at Prune It Up. I'd get him to come out and look at those. Those probably need to get pruned out. And uh, one of them looks like it has it fairly bad. So you just want to look at it and uh, and then see um, what he might do. I can't see the lower part, but I'm assuming just looking at it, that there's a bit of damage on the lower part. And uh, so some of that stuff you might want to get cut out because it is a fairly contagious disease as well. And then also your Mayday, um, top half of the tree never leafed out. Do you know what causes that? Typically, it's lack of water 
um, going into to into winter time. So watering, especially a big old May Day, watering it really well at this time of year. You might even want to try to hit that if this was the first year. Try and water that in right now, and then also give it a few applications of Rage Plus. We might be able to push some life back up into that upper one. If not, at the same time, maybe have Mark have a look at it. You might need to assess that May Day if you have. It looks like there's a Schubert in behind it as well. Just make sure you don't have any black knot in there, and uh, and then see what you can do with that. Hopefully, that helps. Um, with that for sure and then you should be good to go and so if you water heavily and then maybe add rage plus absolutely that would be perfect for that for that uh big mayday and i'm going to go to darlene good morning darlene good morning merle hi there there? how can i help you yep three years ago spruce it up landscaped our yard and uh, took out quite a large mountain ash and replanted one. And I understand the, the watering and the mushrooms, and I slow watered my tree. Uh, I'm doing that. But yep. I had mounds of mushrooms, like almost plate-sized, three great big mounds. So my question is, is that going to damage the mountain ash that I now have planted? No. No. And what that is 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 typically probably from if it was a big old mountain ash that we had removed – um, and without ripping out the whole yard, there was probably um, roots left in the soil, mm-hmm. right? And which are always in from big trees. And then when they rot and start decomposing, they can produce mushroom spores and that. So you get that from that, yeah, right? Um, and that'll go through a cycle that it will eventually go. But I would just best thing to do is just pick those mushrooms. Um, what that is, it's just adding life into your soil, and. Uh, but the mushrooms can be a bit of a pain. They, but you probably only get them in a couple of cycles throughout the season. Is that right, Darlene? Well, I've had them before, but not in the, the uh, such large mounds that came this last watering. Yeah, it's, it really depends on if you hit the perfect storm. Like if they're setting all their spores and they're sitting there and we get a really good rain, yeah. And then all of a sudden you'll get them. And that's what triggers it. It's just the spores get activated from the rain. And then the, it's sort of that perfect storm, yeah. and then you'll get a bunch of mushrooms. So, and then I was it, so, and, so deep watering for you know two or three hours as well. So that probably added. Yeah. To it, so yeah. Okay. So that definitely. So you can dig down a bit if you want to try to remove some of that, or just pick the mushrooms out. And like I said, it's usually a quick cycle that it goes through, and then you won't see them again. So maybe next year or whatever. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Thank okay, you well, so much. Bye-bye. Great to hear from you. Bye bye. All right. That's where I'm at for time. I better take a break. If you want to join me after the break, maybe a couple lines open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I got a few texts on this, so maybe I'll just answer it. Uh, you're just bringing in some of your plants, like if you – if you had a mandevilla out in the garden or your bougainvillea or your lemons or maybe you had a big banana plant or anything like that um, and you want to bring it inside, it's always good to just give it a little inspection, hose it off. I like to give everything a little shot of pure spray green just to make sure any funguses or any little bugs in there. But, yeah, just even lay it on the grass or lay it on the deck and just spray the underneath the foliage knock off any of the spider mites and things like that, or if there's any aphids on there, just hose them off. 
and then stand it back up and then give it a shot of the pure spray green, let it dry and, uh, and assess it. If it needs transplanting at that time, it's much easier, nicer to do it if it's still outside. Transplant it at that time and then nice new soil, watered in really well. Fertilize it with the 15-30-15 and then you're usually good just to bring it into the house after that and uh and carry on with your with your normal house plant routine um ensuring that the plants get enough light and then again throughout the winter you'll water less once we get into the the darkness of our decembers and january and uh and then more so once you get into spring let them dry out in between waterings and and then you should be good and fertilize once a month and you should be totally fine that should help you bring all those in and then if you wanted to put them back outside it it would be awesome we had one of our listeners actually drop off a couple big cypress we're going to move them into the into the tropical house here um gorgeous gorgeous trees and uh i know chris um from our green it up crew she's going to uh bring in her big banana that she has in her yard looks phenomenal so we're going to have a few plants that we're going to bring in but that's what we're going to do as well Make sure we give them a shot of the pure spray and then bring them in after that, and then they're good to go. But right now I'm going to go to Helen. Good morning, Helen. Um, I'm just wondering if I can transplant my June-bearing strawberries into a new bed uh, now. or Absolutely. Yep, they'd be fine. My okay. strawberries actually look better than ever, like in our raised bed. I know they kind of like this cool when it cools off a little bit because it seems sometimes when it's real hot, they are suffering. But right now, just because the strawberries have fairly small fibrous roots and they can take a bit of frost. So right now, the next couple of weeks, just dig out as much as you can, like get a good shovel full and then have the hole ready on the other end. So when you take it, and you transplant them in, so they're really even got. They're not even going to notice that you did it. Um, well, what about just, fertilizing? Because I um, you can give them a shot of fifteen, thirty, fifteen. And the soil, you know, with bone meal and yeah. compost. Yeah, do all that ahead of time. Um, do all that ahead of time. Mix in the soil, fluff it up nice. Pre, like prepare the hole. Try and get it similar depth that you're going to dig out, and then just pop it out. And when you get it there, you can break up the soil around the strawberry plant a little bit oh, and yeah. pack it in nicely. And then just ensure that you water it uh, at least once or twice a week going into the fall here. And then a really good watering once we get, when we start getting those freezing nights. And then when it warms up during the day, just give them a good water. So to ensure that they'll freeze in nicely for the winter time. Okay. And then uh, with the raspberry plants that I have, um, I should be watering them like now for winter. Yeah, it's good to water all your shrubs and everything into going into winter time. <clears throat> Give them all a shot of water once a week, and then with those in the springtime, you'll just you look at your branching. Some of them will be gray, and then some will be brown. So what you want to do is cut out all the gray branches yeah. of your raspberries, yes, and I then know. that way. And then that way it'll give it room for new ones and then be able to produce a lot more fruit because it's not trying to keep that old wood alive. So when they're watered in well in the fall, does that help to prevent winter kill? Yes. 
Okay. All right. This helps with that winter desiccation. This keeps them frozen. And that's why in Edmonton, they can grow cedars and they can grow some of the maples and some of these trees better than we can down here because we get those Chinooks, which we love, but they're also very hard on our, on our trees and shrubs because that winter desiccation, it dries the soil out and takes the moisture away. And that's why like in Edmonton, like you'll drive around, you'll see cedars all over the place. They can grow them no problem mm-hmm. because it stays frozen there. Well, that's good. Thank you very much. All right. Again. You're welcome. All right. Bye, Bye-bye. Helen. All right. And I'm going to – actually, I'm just going to take a break right now. We'll do our last break, and then we'll hit the phone lines right after with Linda, Stephanie, Carol, and Lorena. And right now you're, you are listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hi, Linda. I sent you a text with a picture. I have two okay. spruce trees. They're about 12 feet from the house, and I have a pathway running alongside. Okay. They have protruding roots that are becoming a problem with for trip, a tripping problem and I can't really raise put something on top of it because of a drainage uh, along the foundation etc I can't make it too high so I is there any way we could build like a raised wooden walkway possibly like a like a raised wooden sidewalk I've I've thought of that possibility that's that's a lot of money and I like the I it's a woodland area I, I keep it woodland and quite natural Okay, yeah, no, okay, I see it here. Yeah, what I would do is just, if you have some of the roots coming up in an area like that, I would just add more mulch in there, like just add three or four inches of mulch in there. Mm-hmm. And that'll cover those up, no problem. You, you'll be fine. But if I shave it off, I'll cause a problem? Um, Not really. I, I just wouldn't do too many because you're, they're already tight on the one side close to the house. And yeah. if the wind's blowing that certain way, you just don't want to lose any of the integrity of a big spruce like that when it's that close. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's probably fine, but you do have a sidewalk on the other. So it, it's limited on each side already. So yeah. I I, just, I wouldn't be pulling a ton of roots out. I like For that walkway, I, would, I wouldn't hesitate just putting three or four inches of the bark mulch, and mm-hmm. then you can just walk along there and you won't be bothered at all. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. All right. That's an easy fix, and it's fairly inexpensive. Okay. Thank you. And, just an and also aside, beneficial. Yeah. Okay. Just an aside, my strawberries are doing even better now. This spring and the summer were too hot, and now I'm getting strawberries to eat. Yeah, same. I was just saying that because it just seemed they've never – honestly, mine never looked better. They just look healthier and just uh, – in the summer, they almost look like they were getting burnt out. Yeah, same thing. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Linda. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Stephanie. Good morning, Stephanie. Hi. Hi there. How can I help you? Hi. Um, I, we have uh, a lot of plants uh, since two years ago, 
and it doesn't blossom. All that it produces is nails. So we are what is the best way of uh, growing lotus flowers? Um, are you are you talking about like the lotus, like the water lily lotus, or in the water? Yes. Okay. Um, they they still need a fair bit of sun when they're out there. And did you fertilize it all? Like there is the aquatic fertilizer, like the ten twenty six ten, or the you can use like a ten fifty two ten. Like there's a a little tablets that you can put in around them. Okay, I haven't yeah, done that. That's, yeah, that makes a big difference. Um, and um, what else? I was going to say dwarf. Uh, da, 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 da. I would just, yeah, on those because they're floating in the water. You do need to supplement them if they, if because if they can't, if they're not in like in a normal pond situation, they do need some help. But do you have it in soil or do you just have it like you have it in one of the floating pots or in a in a big pot on the bottom? Floating pot in the bottom. Yeah. So yeah, just I would. I, I think you're just, it's lacking fertilizer. If it's growing good, not, you're just not getting the blooms, just add some of those fertilizer pellets to that. Okay. And what about Alrighty. the changing of water? Like we change water two times per week, warm water, but kind of like doesn't help. Yeah, I wouldn't change it unless you really have to. I would just work on keeping your algae. We have these algae because um, every time you change the water you're also pulling all the nutrients out right so they try oh. to develop yeah so the more you change the water the worse it is for blooming and stuff because you take all the natural nutrients out that it's building up so we yeah, have these little think- pellets they're called aquabot or, and they are bactropond and they get rid of any of the algae and things like that you want to oh, let I it go see. as natural as possible I see but the other problem is that you just produce a lot of snails. Yep. So that's it. It's lacking the phosphate. So you need you need to add the flowering pellets to those. Okay. Got you. Alrighty. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Hi, Merle. How are you doing? Good. Good. How can I help you? Good. Um, listen, I've got a cushion spurge I planted this spring. It's a west exposure. When I planted it, it was all standing up nice, but now the leaves and stuff and stems have just kind of flopped down um, on the ground. And the center, there's kind of no leaves and kind of just like um, bare stems. Now, I understand cushion spurge is supposed to grow in like a little ball. Um, yeah. I don't know if I should, do I cut it back and do I also have to cut back? No, just, just, just continue to water it here through the fall it's just it's just when you newly planted one it sort of is done like and it could have got a little touch of frost yeah um i know some of my plants and depend what area of town you're in yeah. i did get some of that so i would just look at um just just continue to water it through here and then because they're pretty hardy but once they're done they're kind of done like if they get that frost they kind of just flop over like they're doing okay so i i just think it probably got a little touch of cold okay. just doing its natural thing let it die back okay continue to water into the fall and then you should be good to go and i don't have to trim this sucker back every year or anything right i can just let it go like yeah let it go and but prune it back in the spring whatever you see all the deadwood yeah. or dead branches and then let it come up from the bottom now, do I cut it? Do I cut it right? Everything right down in the fall? Or yeah, all the brown stuff in the in the spring. Just the brown. Leave stuff. it over the winter. Yep. 
Okay, perfect. And I then just... you'll see the new green stuff coming up out of the center, yep. and then just remove all the old deadwood. Awesome. And I just did 20 and 20, right. 20 on it in the springtime. Through perfect. The stuff. Okay. That's perfect. Okay, yep. thanks, Merle. Really. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, sorry, I didn't get back to everybody. I got a lot of texts on there. I'll try to answer a few, um, but there is a lot, so I might not get back to all of you. Thank you so much, and and sorry, Lorena, we didn't get to you. Until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR. <laughs>